Welcome to the Be Well at You SASC podcast with me, Jocelyn Orb. In this special episode, I'm going to be talking to Cheryl Carver, the Associate Vice President, People and Resources. We're going to be discussing the significance of pride, what it means to her, and to explore challenges that persist for our LGBTQ2S plus staff, students, and faculty. Welcome to the podcast, Cheryl. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Jocelyn. Thanks so much for having me. Can you start off by telling us a little about your role on campus and how long you've been with the university? I'm happy to do that. I guess if I were to describe my role at the university, I'd say that I hold a a leadership role uh, in an organization where we have some, uh, I think, intense uh, and continuing change. In fact, things can change overnight, I think, as we've experienced through this global pandemic. In my role as a leader, I think I try to focus every day on the things that I think are essential um, to be effective in that role. For me personally, I think that's about um, striving to sort of unleash the potential of the amazing team that works for me. Uh, There's an extraordinary group of talented people. Um, I strive to try to have their trust, to try to inspire them to, to be bold and creative in their work. I know over the last uh, three months in particular, I've seen them rise to this incredible challenge that we're facing, uh, the new normal that we have to operate in, and they've been doing some extraordinary things to uh, to support the campus community, to the staff, students, uh, and faculty that we are accountable to. So that's how I kind of describe my role. If I think in more traditional terms, I guess professionally, I am an HR practitioner. I've been working in human resources for about 30 years. Today, I I hold the title, the formal title of the Associate Vice President of uh, People and Resources. Um, I started at the university uh, about 15 years ago as a director in HR. And and now in my new capacity, I work with a, a group of staff who support the finance, the HR, the safety and the procurement um, areas of our organization. Um, and I certainly feel that my journey here at the U of S has, has been a rewarding one, and I've been grateful for a lot of the opportunities I've had uh, at USCASC. Wonderful. Thank you for that. So my first question for you would be, how would you say the University of Saskatchewan, as an employer, supports staff members who identify as LGBTQ2S+. Well, if I, th- if I think about you know, my decision to come to the University of Saskatchewan, I, I made, personally made the move from a, a very comfortable job in, in, in a corporation in Toronto to a role in a post-secondary institution in Saskatchewan. And I, I was really excited when I made that decision about the opportunity to be part of an organization that I thought would be leading change for our community, a place that would be tackling the challenges for the LGBT community uh, head on. You know, I thought, how, how can you not go work for a university campus uh, and feel welcome? Um, universities are, after all, a place of enlightenment, a place of progressive practices. You know, in my experience uh, in being part of the university, I think personally, I feel that I've experienced that reality to, to a great degree um, in terms of many of the people that I work with. But I also think that I've learned when it comes to workplace culture, we're not necessarily leading society. Uh, I would say instead, I think our university campus is simply a reflection uh, of what's happening in the greater society. So rights for community members have evolved. I think acceptance and perceptions have changed. 
But I do think we face and continue to face many challenges. I think there is discrimination on our campus. I think people still face significant barriers uh, and all the issues that we see reflected in the news, uh, particularly the news uh, in recent days, uh, exist right here. What makes the difference for me, I think, is at the university, we are acknowledging these kinds of challenges. And I think more and more we're having a meaningful dialogue about these inequities uh, and how we can and and must do better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also meaningful to me that uh, I can be part of that dialogue in some small way. Uh, I can also work to uh, to support the kinds of change that is that is needed. All that being said, I do, I do think there are significant things we do as an institution to support the community in meaningful ways. I think from the commitments that you see expressed in, in our vision and mission to the actions that um, we undertake, you know, actions like development sessions that we have for our leaders and our faculty and staff on issues like unconscious bias, uh, the strategy development that is underway and action plans to support our, our EDI goals, things like uh, our strong anti-discrimination policy and the mechanisms to allow for a safe place for people to to register their concerns um, and for us to investigate those kinds of complaints. We do engagement surveys um, to try to inform our future decision making. Um, there are many champions, I think, and allies across our campus uh, that I think are supportive of change. Um, we have benefit programs that recognize LGBT people and their families, and 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 you see more and more, I think, to have um, sort of gender ne- neutral campus. So those are just mm-hmm. some small examples or lots of big examples of how I think as a university we are providing support. But having sure. said that, you know, I would just go back to my initial comments to say that I think there is more that we need to do. But the fact that there is acknowledgement of this issue and, and an important dialogue happening, I think, inspires me to be here and to want to be part of that journey. Okay, thank you. Um, I had a your question planned a bit, a bit later, but it speaks to the to the work culture, and you've actually really spoken to it. But maybe it's more general. So, how would you say the work culture has changed for people in the career community over the last twenty years, like even before your time here at the university? What what do you have you witnessed in terms of that cultural shift? Yeah, that's a, a big question. I think we could talk about that for for a while. It's fair to say that our, you know our laws and our legislative frameworks um, that govern employers, you know, both locally and even globally, I think, have changed significantly. Um, you know, you see more and more countries um, that have laws that prohibit discrimination based on sexual orientation. I mean, here in Canada, um, you know, we are grounded in in our Human Rights Act, uh, and that continues to be amended. I think to be reflective uh, uh, of further recognition within our community. I think many employers uh, have changed their view of, of what constitutes family and, and eligibilities for things like benefits. And I think lots of employers have introduced sort of non-discrimination policies that uh, I think include rights and protections for people um, that is new. I also see more frequently, I think that, um, you know, corporations and institutions are putting in place strategies that I, I think provide a, a clearer vision and a leadership commitment to diversity and inclusion. That is is something that is is 
talked about a lot in, in the sort of networks and communities that I, I'm engaged in. A focus, I think, of a lot of those those strategies uh, and commitments is on education. It's on awareness, on eliminating barriers, on enhancing accountability, and, and I guess securing the value that diversity brings to an organization and the recognition of what that value is. You know, I think people in general, more and more probably, at least I can say that, feel safer and more comfortable to be open about their identity uh, and speak up when they see or experience problems. So I think there's been lots of progress, like at least at least from from my reflections. Again, though, I think there are still significant issues, right? I think people still face the hostility. I think there are still issues of discrimination, harassment in workplaces, or, or when even people are applying for jobs. And there is still a great deal of fear that I think people have. I mean, does everybody feel comfortable to bring their whole self to the workplace? I don't think so. I think people still continue to hide their identities. And I don't think that their fear is unfounded. You know, I think it's in, in many cases justifiable. You know, people these days, though, I think are more prepared to make those informed choices and, and maybe choose not to be part of an employment relationship where they can sometimes people don't always have that choice but people I think more and more are choosing environments where inclusivity is is an important part of the culture you know on a personal level over the last 30 years I guess I, I've had to make some of those difficult choices myself in terms of what employers I, I wanted to be working for uh, I've experienced the discrimination and I did you know keep my identity secret for um, many 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 years um, only I think really several years after joining the university did I become open about that. You know, I'm thankful that I have an opportunity to do that and I can kind of be open about my identity and, and I can, uh, I'm fortunate to have a really supportive people surrounding me, whether it's family or friends or co-workers or an organization that I think, you know, despite what I, I, I talk about some of their imperfections, I, I think is a supportive and inclusive workplace. Well, that was a big question, but you gave a great answer. <laughs> and thank you. Like, it, um, for sure, we've come a long way just in terms of, you know, society, culture in general, the university. But it's important to note the places that we still need to move into and the discussions that we still need to have. And I appreciate Absolutely. you sharing. Absolutely. Appreciate, yeah. I appreciate you sharing the personal piece of it, too, because, um, yeah, uh, you know, 15, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, people weren't comfortable to talking about their sexuality or being open at work. Um, but then I think of what the impact that has on, on the women and men coming after them um, yeah. and not having those role models, not having those people to look to. And now I feel like we're in such a better situation that way, being able to model that sort of behavior and talking to one of the students this morning and how open and transparent he is and how it makes it so much easier for other students to approach him and ask him questions. I think you'd probably find the same way in your staff. And so I think as I understand the challenges over the years of people not being comfortable sharing that that piece of that really personal piece of their life, I think it's how wonderful it is that we can in this workplace and in this culture in this city is very supportive in, in most ways. You know, it's draining from so many perspectives, right? I mean, organizations don't, as I said, get the whole person. Mm -hmm. And I think from a personal perspective, it, it, it's exhausting for people not to be able to, to sort of be their true self. So no, I agree. So part of what we were talking about today is because it's Pride Month. Right. So that's why the special episode, the extra special episode. Right. Um, 
So that is a piece of this. So I guess my question, my next question would be, what does pride mean to you? It's a two-part question. And what's the importance of the university and the broader society continuing to observe it? That's a challenging question, you know, because I, I think um, I think pride means uh, so many different things to different people. I mean, I think you could ask um, 100 people and get 100 different answers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I guess I characterize it as many things. I, I think it's a time to celebrate. Um, I think there's, there's um, you know, about, it's about fun and, and connectivity. Uh, I think it's also, though, a time to sort of reflect uh, on the progress that we've made, um, you know, and to try to celebrate that, uh, particularly celebrate those people that I think are, are advocates for change and have been an important part of that change. I, I also think it's a, a time to pause and remember how much more we have to do. We're, we're very fortunate, I think, and privileged in, in Canada in particular, because I think people, you know, all over the world in our community face much more severe prejudice uh, for simply being themselves, right? So I, I think pride to me is, is a time to, to sort of recognize and celebrate that fact. You know, I think it's important, even though we do have that privilege, that we come together sort of nationally, regionally, even locally here at USASC to celebrate pride. I think many um, people in our community still face the stigma and the bias and discrimination. And I think Having people participate in Pride, I think, helps to sort of amplify our voices and, and, to, and to ring out a call for, for continued change and, and to support this, this concept of acceptance. So, so I still think it's important. And until, until we all can feel that level of equality, I think Pride will always be relevant. So just in speaking to the, the growth of this particular event and... Um, You've been on campus for a number of years and have probably either watched or been a participant in the Pride Parade. Um, it's grown significantly, like quite significantly over the last decade. And um, the university, so students, staff, faculty and senior leaders in the last two to three years have significantly enhanced participation. What do you think the significance of that is? You're right. I, I mean, I have participated in, in Pride in Saskatoon uh, for about 14 years. And, and I would agree. I, I think there has been a significant change, and particularly, as you said, in, in recent years. I think in terms of, you know, what does that mean? I, I guess I would reflect a little bit on a story that my wife still tells. So we moved from Toronto to Saskatoon about 15 years ago, and she attended her, her first Pride Parade, and she, she tells a story about that still. Uh, I mean, I was away on business for that first year, and we didn't have that many local connections or friends yet so but she decided she was gonna go and, and watch the parade it was raining um so she had her umbrella it seems the pride is also uh raining in pride week in saskatoon seems yep. to be quite frequent so but anyway she she stood on the corner of a downtown intersection to to watch the parade and our only point of reference really for both her and i was coming out of of toronto right um, the Toronto Pride Parade uh, attracts millions of people mm -hmm. to that city from all over the world. And and that was our, our only experience. And when she um, sat on that corner and saw sort of the small number of people participating, the random scattering of, of participants, most of who seemed sort of spectators by chance, um, mm -hmm. she started to break down and cry. And then when she connected with me, she, she told me this story and she said, 
to me, she goes, Cheryl, what have we done? And I think that story always reminds me uh, of, of why it's important, right? Mm-hmm. That local people, the local employers um, should come out and support the Pride Parade. Because I do think it sends, uh, you know, a powerful message to our community. I think it's a message of support, a message of understanding, a message of celebration, a message of acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. So, And it has an impact when I think about her sitting there on that corner, right? Yeah. So I think it's fantastic that people across um, the campus have come out to celebrate Pride, either by participating or, or by observing. Uh, it certainly means a lot to me, and I'm sure it means a lot to, to lots of other people as well. Well, and that's a great story and really puts it in perspective. So I know this year is going to be a virtual celebration, um, and Jory spoke to that um, when I had, uh, that'll appear in this podcast as well, giving a bit more information how about people can participate, but... Um, I guess we would, you know, maybe want to put out a challenge for next year, knowing full well it's going to be in person again and we'll be able to to gather in the streets of Saskatoon that uh, we'd like to see more student, staff, faculty and senior leadership participate. Um, Yeah, that would be wonderful. Uh, Wonderful. I mean, our son is seven and he um, he loves participating and he has uh, since he's been born. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting to see all the people coming out. Yeah, I agree. So because we're this is part of these podcasts are about being well, we're also asking um, some of the guests to share one thing they're doing to be well right now, something that brings you joy or a sense of connection. What what would that thing be for you? And how do you find that it helps you in this time where we're still, many of us are still self-isolating and really changed their, our, uh, our way of living? During yeah, this. that's a, a great question. Um, how are you staying well? There are certainly many new challenges mm-hmm. um, that everyone, I think, is is facing in terms of their personal wellness. I think of our life, right? We, we have Liam at home. He's seven, so we're trying to school him uh, mm-hmm. and entertain him. Mm-hmm. Um, our families uh, live across the country, so we have aging parents that we're trying to cope with. Uh, both Annie and I work full-time. We very, feel very fortunate uh, you know, to be able to work full-time, but that causes some challenges and the whole isolation, right, that we have from all our connections and supports that we would normally have. It certainly creates lots of new pressures. Uh, personally, I get. I guess what I've tried to do to, to, to support my own wellness is to ensure that I deliberately create time and space uh, to be away from work. Mm. <laughs> I find these days, especially with this new online environment, that, that the demands of this sort of 24-7 access that technology brings us, we have emails, we have text messages, we have web chats, we have that sort of never-ending barrage. If we don't sort of carve out specific time and, and commit to that downtime from work, I, I think sometimes it's, I feel it's hard to, to turn it off, mm-hmm. right? So so my strategy is, um, you know, to book that personal time into my schedule. I think I, I, I try to have morning walks with our dog. Oh, uh, I try to make sure that, you know, I have lunch with my wife. I, I try to, to carve out some time to, to maybe go biking with, with my son in the afternoon to help me sort of feel... Uh, refreshed to to reground me and and to really connect with what matters to me. So that's one thing I've done. I think that I think is helping. Well, I think it's wonderful and it's it's really positive for staff members to be able to hear that to to know that you've been that mindful about it and and I hope that you I hope that you can stick to it most days. Um, but that's a really good example for yeah. other people to look to. That's great. 
So is there a final thought you'd want to leave listeners with in relation to, to either to wellness or to, you know, pride or um, about the queer community, anything that we've talked about so far? Really, I think, I, I mean, just a, a thank you to all of you for, for doing this. I think this is a, an excellent way to, to share experiences uh, and, again, to continue to, to grow understanding because I think that often is is the key to change, is making sure that we focus on awareness and education. So I think this is a great way to do that. And I uh, want to thank all the people that are involved in doing this and thank people for listening. And also just to say to people, I think, you know, be safe and take the time to take care of yourself because I think these are very challenging times and we have to be deliberate about that. So, so thank you very much for talking with me today. Well, I appreciate that. Um, thanks for taking the time to talk with us and to, to being so open and, and sharing yourself. That's um, It makes interviewing and talking to people much more interesting and uh, engaging for the listener because you've been really quite kind to share of yourself in that way. Oh, thank you very much, Jocelyn. And thanks to everyone out there for listening to the Be Well at UCAS podcast with me, Jocelyn Orb. And thanks again to Cheryl for joining me and sharing. Please check in again for further episodes and more content related to being well. Please subscribe and share this podcast. You can find us on multiple platforms, including Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. We'd also love to hear from you. Please post comments and questions, and we'll look to include them in future episodes. Also, if there's someone you'd like to see as a guest or a topic you'd like to see us cover, or even a reaction to an episode you want to share, please write to us at bewell.podcast.usask.ca. Until next time, stay safe and be well.